Hello, I'm Tom Wilkinson, and welcome to the Thinking in English podcast, a podcast for intermediate to advanced level learners of English. On this episode of Thinking in English, let's discuss language learning apps like Duolingo, Babbel, and Memrise. There are so many; they are so convenient and so accessible. But do language learning apps? Actually, help to improve your English. And if you keep listening to the end, I'll leave you with a few personal recommendations for the best English learning apps. Check out my blog, thinkinginenglish.blog, for a full transcript of today's episode. And why not check out my Instagram page as well, Thinking in English Podcast, or the link is in the description. Here is today's vocabulary list. As always, the written list is available in the description of the podcast and also on my blog, thinkinginenglish.blog. Scores, scores. This plural noun means a lot of things or a lot of people. For example, he received cards from scores of local supporters. Religiously. Religiously. If you do something religiously, you do it regularly. As in, he visits his father religiously every week. Phonetic. Phonetic. A spelling system can be described as phonetic if you can understand how words are pronounced simply by looking at their spelling. For example, German is a largely phonetic language. Correspondence, correspondence, written communication such as letters and emails, as in he was ordered to supply copies of any correspondence between his office and his client. Barrier, barrier. A barrier is anything that prevents people from being together or understanding each other. For instance, despite the language barriers, they soon became good friends. Tedious, tedious, same as boring, really. For example, my last job was so tedious. Syntax, syntax, syntax is the grammatical arrangement of words in a sentence, such as Donald Trump was well known for his incorrect syntax. At the beginning of twenty twenty one. There were over three point five million apps available on the Google Play Store, and two million also found on Apple's App Store. That's a lot of apps, from games to news, productivity to company loyalty cards. You can find almost anything on the App Store, and this, of course, includes language learning applications. There are literally thousands of different apps online. 
promising to help you to improve your language through as little as five minutes of study a day. And not just for English, you can find apps to study all languages, from the largest and most popular to the smallest and most niche. When I thought of the idea for this episode, I decided to check what language learning apps I currently have on my phone and tablet. I've been learning languages for quite a few years now, and I've downloaded, probably over the years, at least 10 or 20 different apps. On my phone right now, I have three apps for studying language. One I pay for and I use regularly to uh, learn Japanese vocabulary. Um, I have a free Chinese character app I've not used for years. And I also have the app Memrise, which I'm sure some of you have used or heard of before. Memrise is also on my tablet, as well as the famous Duolingo, um, which according to my profile on Duolingo, I was trying to learn Hawaiian at some point. Um, and I also have an interesting app called Master Any Language. Master Any Language actually does offer lessons in scores of different languages, from Abkhaz to Greenlandic to Wolof. Um, although I have these apps downloaded, I don't really use them too often. There have certainly been times in my life where such apps have formed a large part of my day. For a while, I religiously engaged in daily Spanish classes on Duolingo, not missing a 15-minute session for almost six months. At the time, I was even taking evening classes in Spanish and was thinking about taking a trip to Spain or South America. Instead, I accepted a job in Japan and all of that Spanish I learned quickly left my brain. So after accepting that job in Japan, I quickly looked online for help in learning the Japanese alphabet. I'd never even seen or heard Japanese in my entire life uh, when I, before I moved to Japan. So using apps seemed like a very quick and easy way to start my language learning journey. Now, it turns out Japan has three different alphabets, and six years later, I'm still studying the character-based system. However, the phone app Memrise was incredibly useful in helping me to learn to read and recognize, but I guess not write, uh, Japan's two phonetic writing systems. And once I really started to study the language, I gradually lost my dedication to those applications. Overall, the language skills that I have uh, developed in Japanese and Chinese don't come from smartphone apps. They came from attending lessons, spending hours studying from textbooks, uh, making myself speak in the languages in many different situations, and years of practice. Despite this, there is something very appealing about language learning apps. The idea that you can spend a few minutes a day on your phone, sat on the train to work, or while your family is watching a TV show you don't like, and gradually learn to speak sounds amazing. It's why I have so many language learning apps. I thought, yeah, why not? I'll learn Hawaiian. It is also why I tried to encourage my mum to use Duolingo 
uh, to relearn her high school French and German a few years ago. And I'm not alone in being attracted to these kinds of education apps. Duolingo, as a free app, has over 30 million monthly, use, monthly users, while Babel has over a million paid subscribers, and businesses like Rosetta Stone have transitioned from pre-smartphone correspondence services to popular internet apps. But does it work? Do language learning apps actually help to improve your skills? Or are they a waste of your time? What can language learning apps like Duolingo actually do? Well, let's start with some of the things language apps are good at doing. First, they are easy to use, accessible and often affordable. In less than a minute, you can download Duolingo or something similar from an app store. You can register your account, choose a language and get started on your learning journey. You can take the classes wherever you want, at home, on your lunch break, on the train, on the toilet, whenever you want. And you can choose yourself how long you want to study. This flexible style of learning is, a, is particularly appealing to people with busy schedules. In 2018, while I was studying in London, I took additional evening classes at my university in Japanese. Every Wednesday from uh, 6.30 until 8.30, I sat in my pre-advanced Japanese class in the centre of London to improve my skills. But not everyone can do this. Some people cannot or don't want to commit to such a regular schedule or they are unable to dedicate a whole two hours to study, or they don't want to make such a commitment. What do I mean by a commitment? Well, let's say you want to take in-person classes like I did. You need to pay first, so you either pay for one term or for a whole year, and in-person language classes are not cheap, as I'm sure you are all aware. If you decide you don't like studying after a few classes, you probably won't get your money back. You need to commit time and money. A whole term or a whole year and a whole lot of money. Online classes are usually a little cheaper, but still require a time and money commitment. Even buying a textbook can be expensive. So this is one reason why free apps like Duolingo, Memrise or HelloTalk are so good. They have such a low barrier for adoption. Anyone with a smartphone can begin studying languages without a commitment. So apps are an excellent introduction to language learning and can help to encourage a studying habit. Duolingo, for example, is a really addictive platform. Apps have turned language study into a game and a competition. They encourage you to set goals, praise you when you learn something new, celebrate when you complete your lessons, and remind you to keep studying. You can also compete against friends to see who is rising through the study ranks the quickest. Rising through different levels is a feature in many different language apps, and they use what is called a skill tree. The higher you climb, 
the more branches you have to face or study. And that way of studying is fun. There is There are no tedious grammar lessons, no intensive vocabulary writing sessions, and no long listening tasks. Usually, lessons take the form of multiple choice quizzes, translating phrases with occasional listening and speaking challenges. Quick and easy. So, language, lesson, language learning apps can introduce new languages, help learners become familiar with new vocabulary, and allow you to flexibly study. Moreover, for people hoping to learn languages with different writing systems, like Japanese, Chinese, Korean, Russian, Hindi, apps have been shown to be an excellent way of learning those new symbols. It is how I learned to read Japan's phonetic alphabets. So that's what language apps are good at doing. What are language learning apps not very good at doing? What don't they do? Well, they're not very good at teaching you languages for a start. Learning a language is a never-ending and complex process. But such apps make it seem like a simple thing. In reality, to learn a language, we must memorize individual words, learn correct syntax and grammar so we can build our own sentences, recognize and reproduce the symbols the language uses to write, and be able to make the correct sounds. And we need to be able to do this by ourselves, creatively in our own heads. Now, if you want to get to an maybe a high beginner or low intermediate language level, apps might be okay for you. As apps often focus on vocabulary and simple grammar, they can help you improve quickly in the early stages of learning. But they cannot help you to become fluent or conversational. Apps are good at teaching basic conversation phrases, which are useful for traveling like where is the bathroom or how much does this cost? But remembering phrases is not learning a language. It's just remembering a phrase. Anyone can do it in any language. In a 2018 article in The Atlantic, David Friedman documented how he almost learned Italian using Duolingo. After spending months taking Duolingo's Italian classes, he felt prepared to travel to Italy and try out his new skills. However, when his wife decided to test his Italian before their trip, he realized he couldn't answer her questions. When she asked how to say, do you have a table for four? Or I'd like two classes of red wine in Italian. He was unable to answer. Why? Well, in David's words, the app had made me a master of multiple choice Italian. But without a prompt, he was speechless. I've also experienced this before with other language apps. I could choose the correct answer from a set of choices, but without the choices, I couldn't make my own sentences. Although apps can expose you to a lot of vocabulary, you need to leave the app to actually learn the language you need to leave the app to actually become conversational, to become proficient, to become fluent. 
it is relatively easy to memorize vocabulary and grammar rules, but it is much more difficult to use that knowledge. You need to learn to speak, to write, to listen to a language. You cannot approach the highest levels of fluency and proficiency without some kind of intensive learning. Intensive learning like courses, tuition, English classes, other types of practical study, you know, language exchanges, living or moving or traveling to another country. All of those can help you become fluent. So here is today's final thought. This episode of Thinking in English has discussed language learning apps. There are thousands of options out there, some with millions of users, and apps that can appeal to different learning styles. Do they work? Well, if you're a beginner, apps can help to improve your vocabulary, help build a study habit, and make learning English fun. Most apps, however, cannot help you to become fluent in a language. Instead, you will need intensive learning, classes, courses, or exchanges to become fluent. Leave a comment with your favorite language learning app and why you think it's good. You can comment on the blog, thinkinginenglish.blog, or on, the, uh, on Spotify. And if you are still interested in using some language apps to practice English, here are a few of my recommendations. Um, I've heard some good things about these apps before. But remember, alone, they're not going to make you fluent. But you can definitely use them as part of your study routine. So the first app is Quiz Your English, which is an app developed by Cambridge Assessment English, the people who operate the IELTS exams. Um, Quiz Your English allows you to answer questions over a range of different topics, from beginner levels all the way to IELTS difficulty, or practice specifically for Cambridge English exams. So some of my friends have told me it is really useful when taking a break from really studying for IELTS. Uh, the next app is called Bilingu, which is a clever app designed to help practice reading. It uses the parallel text method, allowing you to read in English and in your native language at the same time. You can read classic books like Sherlock Holmes, uh, daily news articles, kids' books, and cultural guides. Um, next, the Learn English British Council app is a popular option for studying grammar. They have lots of games and lessons rather than repetitive multiple-choice questions. In the British Council's own words, forget about repetitive multiple-choice questions that only help you recognize correct grammar. Answer over a thousand practice questions across 10 unique activity types, including fill in the blanks, reordering words, and labeling to achieve better grammar accuracy. And finally, uh, HelloTalk is a language exchange app. I've actually recorded an entire podcast on language exchanges, so I'll link that on the blog and in the description of the podcast. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, please leave a review or rating, recommend it to your friends, or let me know on Instagram. My Instagram is Thinking in English Podcast. The link should be in the description. Uh, and make sure you check out the Thinking in English blog. 
I love hearing from listeners, and I really appreciate all of the messages I have received over the past few months. Feel free to send me a message or I don't know, give me some advice or recommend a topic. Have a great day, and I'll see you next time.